Hello everyone. Um, today I'm having a conversation with a lady by the name of Julie Obanda. Before I get to introduce you to who Julie is, um, today is exactly one month that I lost a friend on July 22nd. And today being August 22nd, I wanted to honor him and just remember him considering that it's exactly one month after he left us on earth so his name was Luis Alberto Gonzalez Cartwright and since today is exactly one month I wanted to use this medium to pay my respect to him by giving him a 10 second silence before I introduce Julie to you So thank you everyone for joining me in that 10 seconds to just remember Louise. And let's get into the show. So I've got uh, Julia Bander. And who is Julie? Julie is a sales professional. She's very passionate about travel. Uh, she started her sales career by selling alcoholic drinks at events, clubs, supermarkets while attending university. She moved into the customer service sector after graduating university with a degree in finance. She worked for a large company in Kenya by the name of Nation Media Group, where she was exposed to digital sales and worked in the digital business department. She's also sold shoes <laughs> while in campus, which is university. Uh, she's also sold uh, coats from the boot of a car while working for um, a major FCMG company in Kenya. And at the height of it, she had three properties in her Airbnb business that she was managing and running. She has closed all that to focus on her new gig, which she will tell us about in the show. And she got the traveling bug four years ago and has been to Europe the Middle East and some countries in Africa. She's now looking forward to visiting Central America when the pandemic travel restrictions are lifted. And now I bring you Julie. Enjoy the show. So we've got uh, Julie Obanda here on the show. Uh, full disclosure, I'm just going to let everyone know that I know Julie. Uh, Julie was uh, my neighbor when I was living in uh, Nairobi, and that is how we got to know one another. And uh, while I was uh, there, I realized that I really do have a rebellious neighbor indeed. So thinking about uh, a guest to come on the show, no one much better than Julie uh, came to mind, and I'm so glad that she's decided to come on the show and have a conversation with us. So welcome, Julie. Oh, thank you, Uai. Such an intro there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just also going to let everyone know that yesterday was Julie's birthday. Uh, we're, we're recording this conversation on August 4th. So her birthday was August 3rd. If you ever get to run into Julie in the future because you listen to this show, just remember her birthday is August 3rd. But uh, before we continue, I'm just going to say a quick happy birthday song. 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Julie. Happy birthday to you now. So thank you. <laughs> so Julie, why are you celebrating your birthday in this world since you are a traveler? Uh in Mauritius. Fantastic. So what okay. When we last spoke, you were in Nairobi, and um, in the month of April, you decided to take an adventure to Spain. Please, I would like to know, as, as well as the audience, how did you find yourself in Mauritius from Spain? And how has this, been, how has this adventure been so far? Oh, wait, you want me to start from Nairobi, how I went to Spain, then the whole journey all the way here? I know, I know you left on August. I think Not August, sorry, you left on April 1st, right? Yes. So you can you can start from April first because I mean uh, I I know I know I know when how you are planning everything and I think that's kind of relevant. But I I think my audience are people that love traveling, so they really want to know how you found yourself in um, in uh, Spain and how you found yourself in Mauritius. Ah, okay. So uh, as you know, Schengen visa is ninety out. 90 over 180. So if they give you a long-term visa, you have to be there for 90 days. After 90, you have to leave for 90 more days. So basically, three months, three months. Three oh, months okay. in, three months out on okay, a tourist okay. visa. Okay. So I got mine, uh, that was, uh, it was starting on 1st of April. That's why I left on 1st of April for 90 days. Okay. Yeah, so I went to Spain. I went to see my partner. He was uh, in Spain at that time, also to see his parents. So uh, left on 1st of April, stayed there for 90 days. And once they come to an end, you have to leave. Otherwise, if you extend, definitely you'll, you'll be, I don't know, fined or you'll have a problem applying for another Schengen visa. They always track these things. In the so future, after the 90 yes. days, you have to leave. Ah, oh, okay. So where yeah. did you go in Spain exactly? Because uh, my auntie and her family just came back from Barcelona and they, they speak so highly of Barcelona. So where were you in Spain? Oh, I was in many places. For this this trip, the one I went uh, in April, uh, went to Madrid, uh, went to, there's, a, there's some very nice, charming towns towards um, the coast, the Mediterranean okay. coast. It's called Denia. Denia, Javier, they are they are very small, very charming towns. Not as busy as uh, Madrid or Barcelona, but it's nice to live there. That's what I can say. You're also next to the beach, so right. Mm. That makes so it lot, lots of seafood. I take it. Yeah, there's also lots of seafood. Yes, uh, also went to Granada. There's another town called Granada. That is Malaga. So my flight was to Malaga. So Malaga, and then once I landed, that's when we started touring all these other places. So I seeing what they have to offer, really. So you were you were in Spain for the full 90 days or you moved from Spain to to another country? Oh no, I was in Spain for 89 days. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just left that one. Just left I one know. day extra. <laughs> yes. But for this time I was in Spain full. I did not go anywhere else. Oh, okay. 
so when yeah. so when the eight when the when the eighty ninth day came around, where did you go from there? What did you decide to do? <laughs> this is another story. So when I was there, um, I think I told you this before I left Nairobi. I was planning to uh, I was now full time digital nomad. So I planned to visit several places before going back to Kenya. Mm. So while I was there, we decided let's uh, try get to UK, right? Mm. So I applied for the visa, waited, waited. Now this is the other story. My Schengen visa was about to expire and I had applied for uh the UK visa, but you also you have to leave. I, I opted to leave my passport with the embassy. This is this so, is all in Spain, or this was in Kenya before you left for Spain. So we just had a little bit of a technical issue there. Um, Julie is in a very nice place, uh, just right beside the beach in Mauritius, and uh, as we're having a conversation, some guys decided to do some form of construction on the road, so we had to uh, come away from the nice view into the apartment so we we continue our conversation so where i asked or where we left off julie was i asked the question if you were applying for that um english england or uk visa while you were in spain or you did that in kenya before going to spain no this time i did it while in spain okay all right so uh they use uh what is the agency tls okay Yes, it's called TLS contract. So uh, that's why they, they, you go to apply. Don't go to the consulate or whatever. So you take your documents there. And then there's for the English visa, there's an option of keeping your passport or letting them have it until they make a decision on it. So since I had applied, I think it was almost two months before the end, before my Schengen visa expired, I left it there. Right, because hmm. I didn't need it. I was not planning on going anywhere else, and that's uh, that's in Madrid. So I left it there with them. Just continued uh, with life as I wait for their decision. They they send you an email to tell you what the decision they've made or when uh, you can go pick your passport. So I left it there with them. Continued life, and uh, as time went by, you can track it online. You create an account with them. You track it. They let you know the steps where it has reached until final. So as time is passing by, I'm realizing my Schengen visa is about to expire. My visa that I applied to the UK is still hanging, as in it's nothing has happened for weeks. Hmm. They just said they send uh, saying that we received it, your application is in process, and that's it. There are three more steps after that. So waited, waited, I waited for a while now. Uh, it's it was like a week, a week before my Schengen visa is expiring. I decided no. Uh, they, there's no number you can call and ask the progress. You can, on, when you're tracking, it's still stuck somewhere. It started fine. Well, I'll have to go get my passport. But oh, now at this so point, you, you, you can go grab your passport in the middle of the application process. You can do that, but uh, you can. Have two options. Two options here: go grab your passport back and pay for the. The option is called keep my passport. You pay for the keep my passport. Go with your passport, and when once they make a decision, send it back to you. Or you come actually no, you go and 
uh, take the visa or uh, cancel it. Just cancel the whole process. So uh, at this point, we were thinking, what next? What should we do? Which option should we go with? But now my problem, my challenge was, if I decide to pay for the keep my passport option, I'll have to leave the Schengen area within that one week. And then how I have to come back <laughs> to Madrid to just pick the visa and then continue with uh, wherever I was going. So after thinking about it and discussing about it, we decided we'll just cancel, cancel. Oh the thing. wow! Hmm. Yeah, after waiting for, for for weeks, those are months actually. Now, question is, where is my passport? <laughs> where am I going to pick it from? Hmm. Because I, I I didn't know where 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 it was at that point, you know. Because back in Kenya, I know uh, they send it. They send the passports to South Africa. Oh, for 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 Spain? No, no, for UK. If you're applying. For oh, UK for the visa. Okay, okay, okay. All right, okay. But now in Spain, I didn't know where it was, so I have to start researching and wondering where where could it be, where I can sorry, go and sorry, just tell them. Sorry, sorry. This is just for the audience. Maybe someone listening in Kenya. Why is the passport sent to? South Africa doesn't uh, the UK have a consulate or embassy in Nairobi? There was one before, but I think they closed it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, anyway, so eventually we decided we'll just uh, go pick the passport. But before we decided this, remember, I do not know where it is, so I don't know where I'm going to pick it from. I don't know whether they still at the agency, whether they've sent. Then I checked online where the consulates are. They're at Chelsea, already in UK. So how will I go to Chelsea to get my passport back? I, yeah, right? Mm. I'm in Spain. Or uh, there were other places, three other options. Anyway, so I've sent this guy's email. Uh, there's uh, the usual customer service email I sent to them. I told them my situation, my current visa is expiring. I need my passport or can you please tell me any decision you've made or how far, how far the process has gone. Uh, two, three, I think they replied on the third day. Now remember, this is the last week of my mm. visa expiring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, so they said they forwarded uh, to the responsible people, they'll get back to me. Now, uh, it's come to around three days. This is like day, day 87 <laughs> of my 90 days. Hmm. I have to leave. I don't have a passport. Now, meanwhile, at this point, I had joined a WhatsApp group for Kenyans living in Spain. Okay. I told them my, my situation. I am in Spain on a tourist visa. My visa is expiring very soon, but I had applied for UK uh, visa i don't have my passport yet but i need to leave i need i need to go home how will i do it then one of the guys uh, contacted me told me uh, just call me tomorrow morning where i'll sort you out with the with the kenyan embassy in spain right so, so how, how, how did how did you even have the idea to even think about joining this whatsapp group someone told you about it oh i i told my mom about my situation oh, and okay. then <laughs> My mom went to Facebook and asked people about it. Huh. And then 
people in Facebook are the ones who to, I did not even know there was a WhatsApp group for Kenyans in Spain. It's the same way yeah. as you'd have Nigerians in Kenya or Nigerians in Canada, whatever. Correct. Right. So they told her that. She told me that, found the admin, that they made to the group. So, yeah, it's a big community there. they very, very helpful. I would advise anyone who is not in their country to just look for the WhatsApp group of their country within uh, wherever they are and just join. But, but, they always channel. But how how Sorry? how do I even how do how does how does one even know? Okay, if I if I'm in Spain, I'm a Nigerian. How do I even find that WhatsApp group? Do I just type in WhatsApp in the search bar somewhere? No, no, no. I think Facebook is like really really huge. So you can just okay. there are groups on Facebook called Kenyans in Spain, Kenyans in Jordan, Kenyans in whatever. So once you oh, join, okay. then you ask them, do you guys have a WhatsApp group? Or how do you communicate? Oh, right? v- very so they tell you, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I got in contact with the admin of the group. Then Izano told me, just call me tomorrow. We'll see what you can do about it. Very early in the morning, I called him. He was at work. So remember, this is day around day 80, 80, 87, 88 of my 90 days. I do not have my passport yet. I don't know I'm leaving the country. I don't know I'm leaving Spain, but I have to leave. And I cannot leave without my passport. Correct. I called him the next day. Uh, Later on, when he was on his break, called me back. I explained to him my situation. Then he told me the only solution you can have here is get an emergency traveling document. I had never heard of that. I did not know such a thing exists. So I'm asking, what is that? He told me this is, uh, it's basically a, a paper, a piece of paper you're given from your embassy within a foreign country that says you are a country, you are like, a, you, you are a citizen of this and this country, with, of the embassy, now in this case, the embassy of Kenya in Spain. Mm. They write it, they say I'm a Kenyan. Uh, uh, some, uh, they explain, after you've explained to them what happened to your passport, usually it's given to people who either lost, usually who've lost their passports, actually. Because, you know, you have to go to the police station, report if you've lost it. But now I could not go and report because I did not, I did not lose mine. So I just told him, please, you need to help me. I did not lose mine, but I need that traveling document. Well, he got in contact with the people at the embassy, explained to them. One of them called me, told me, come for an interview. We need, we need to verify like it's legit, your claims are legit. So I, I booked an appointment with them, went to Madrid again, uh, went to the appointment. Uh, they asked me what it was, what happened. I explained to them. Then they told me, you understand that you only give this to people who lose their passports. I told them, yes. But at the moment, I have no option. I need to leave, change an area, and you're the only people who can help me out. And they can only give you that tra- traveling document to your home country. So in this case, it was Spain to Nairobi. <laughs> yes. So basically, basically one way ticket leaving this country back home. Mm, yes. Okay. So you have to show like you had booked a return ticket. You had they, they interview a few things to verify like you are legit, you're not trying to hide something or whatever. I, I showed them my the ticket I booked on to, to get back to Nairobi when I was leaving Nairobi, you know. And uh to verify i'm kenyan so there are of course there are kenyans working in the embassy in spain so they ask a few questions just 
just to verify a thing. There's the, this interrogative thing they do to just make sure it's legit. We did that. They wrote me the document. This is day 88. I remember very well. They wrote me the document for the next day. Because I, according to my flights, uh, uh, what, uh, what they said booked to the next day. They wrote me the document, told me this, it's only taking you back to Nairobi. You cannot do a detour. Mm. You know, I cannot decide, okay, I leave Shenzhen or go somewhere else and chill and then go there and then ask for another document. No. They told me this. We'll give you the original copy. We'll give you also uh, uh, photocopies of it. Make sure you keep the original one in your handbag. Whoever asks for this document, give them the copy. Because once you lose it, you are done. You're going to be stuck at whatever airport it is. Hmm. But it's not a direct flight, Nairobi, Spain, Spain, Nairobi. Correct. So yeah, that's true. Egypt. It's either through Egypt or uh, where did I go from Nairobi? Dubai. Okay. Okay. Right. So I took that document. It's the 88. So the 89 was to travel. Now, remember I'm in Madrid at this point. TLS for applying UK visa is in Madrid. At this point, I just decided, you know what? I'll go to these people. I'll knock on their door. I'll tell them I need my passport. Whatever decision they've made, fine. They'll let me know ahead. I need my passport. In Spain, you have to make appointments for every single thing. You cannot just pop up and like, mm, it's an emergency. No, you have an appointment. So, and also at the same time, I cannot book this appointment because it's not one of the options on, on their site. The only mm -hmm. appointment you can book is for, for you to go give your biometrics or to go pick your passport. So 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 so, 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 so to press pause. Is TLS similar to V VFC in, in, in Nairobi? VFS, yes. So yes. TLC is the one for the UK government. I think so, yeah. Okay, all right, understood. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, 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 it is. So I came, I, <laughs> before that, I uh, I went to the Kenyan embassy, took my traveling documents. Now, remember, I think it was, it was on a Friday. They close early. Hmm, 3 p.m. <laughs> Somewhere there. I was <laughs> Yes, I think it was 3. I'm finishing from the Kenyan embassy at around 2.30. I have to take a cab and try and try my very best. Hope that by the time I get to a TLS, it will not be three or they're not closed. Correct. So I called a cab. I just told this taxi man, please just rush me here. Whichever way you go, the shortcuts, whatever. You know this city well. Take me as fast as you can. He told me, okay, don't worry. Spanish people are very friendly. Very, very quickly, we went, went, dropped me there. He asked me, is it this one? It was a little far. I think the map said, missed by a bit, but it was a walking distance. I had been there before, so I knew which building it was. So I told him, just stop at this bus station. I will walk. I'll walk and find it. Stop there. I paid him my rent to TLS. Reaching there, there's a queue. Oh, there's no. a queue. It's, almost it's almost three. They're about to close. There's a queue. And I cannot skip the queue. It is hot. Summertime. It's coaching hot outside. So I get there. I look at these people, I'm wondering, do I join the queue or no? I just go straight to the door and explain to the guy at the door. I told him I have an emergency, he asked me appointment. I told him, no, 
no, I don't have an appointment. He asked me, what is it? I speak uh, very minimal English. So you just have to speak the basic one to make sure you are understanding each other. I told can, him. Can, uh, can you speak Can you speak Spanish if I may ask? I can understand. Actually, I can. I can, I can speak. I can understand. It's, it's fairly easy ah, compared okay. to French or to another language. Yeah, also yeah, because yeah. I stayed there consistently for a while. So, yeah. Okay. I can right. get by. Okay. So I tell him, my son, emergency asked me my appointment. I tell him no. Then he said, uh, you need an appointment. I told him <clears throat> I could not book it online. Then he asked me, what is it? I told him my visa at the moment is expiring. I need to, I need my passport. Then he asked me, you see this long line? I told him, yes, they're here to pick their passports. Hmm. I'm like, what? All of them? Yes. So he told me you have to join the line. I'm looking at the clock. I'm wondering what they might close. And my traveling document is for tomorrow if I leave that seat. So it's a whole other process. They have to send it all the way back to Nairobi. Hmm. Well, I went back to the queue. I asked the guys there, you're here to pick your passport. They told me yes, yes, all of them. Fine, I joined the queue. At this point, it was moving faster. When I went there, it was very slow. But now it's, I saw some progress. So, so Julie, hold a second. While you were lining up on this line, you already had a document from the Kenyan embassy as yes. plan B, as plan B. No, the document from the Kenyan embassy was plan A. At this point, I know tomorrow I'm taking a ticket, a uh, plane to Nairobi. But now I'm here to pick my passport. Maybe it's there. At this point, I'm thinking maybe it's there. Oh, okay. Okay. Understood. Okay. At this agency. Okay. So in case it's not there, maybe if it's somewhere else or another city, I'll just leave it, go to Nairobi, and then I'll send them an email, tell them, please ship it to Nairobi through uh, what, what? DHL. DHL, yeah. Yes, they have that option, actually, of courier service. Which, you, which, which, which who, who bonds the cost of shipping it to you in Nairobi? Oh, it's me. Oh, yeah. wow. You have to pay. Even keeping your own passport, you pay for it. Jeez. It was, I'll tell you, it was, it was very expensive. All these applying for UK passport is expensive. That's all I know. And you're not guaranteed. Uh, UK visa, sorry. Oh, UK visa. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's quite costly and you're not guaranteed they'll give it to you. Okay. So, so, so you're, not, you're now on the line, yeah? Yes, I'm the last one on the line. There were like 10 people in front of me. It's almost three. They will close. Wow. <laughs> what do I do? I'm bare sweating. As in, I'm sweating out of anxiety, not because of the sun. It was very hot, but I'm not sweating out of anxiety. Will they close the door? If they close the door, I have to think how to email them, DHL, post. I don't have a post office in Nairobi, so how will it go? Anyway, fingers crossed. The queue started moving. I started talking to the people there. They told me they've been applying for a while. Apparently, due to COVID, so there was a backlog of like crazy visa mm. applications. So they have to go through all that, the agency. We came there, finished. I finally got my turn. I went in. I explained to the guy at the counter. I told him my situation. Then he asked me, okay, now what, what do you want to do about it? I told him, how can you help me? He said, the only way you can do this is you have to sign saying that you've cancelled your application for me to give you a passport. I told him, fine. I'll just give me the document. I'll sign it. I told him, you give it. you're going to give me the passport now, now? He told me, yes, I'll just go to the back and, and check for it. I was no like, way. What? 
I was relieved. You have no clue. No idea. I was relieved. It's here. I'm going to get it. I told him. So, 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 Julie, sorry. Sorry to interject because I'm sure people that are listening to this story are almost maybe like you. I asked the question. Why didn't you think of going to TLC first on, on day 85? Uh, because now at this point I was, I, I don't know. I really, I, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> because day 85, you're like, you know what? I, I, I dropped my passport with you guys. You guys should know where my passport is. Why am I the one to think about where my passport is? Come on. Well, it's because now the other thing was when, when I had applied that, asked the guy who took my biometrics, like how long is the process right now? He told me around uh, six weeks to one month. So okay. I was waiting for that period to elapse. Maybe they'll make a decision and I, I'll get my passport. But now this time elapsed and then I realized, wow, it's time has gone. So I just went there hoping they have it. And by good luck, they had it. The paella in Spain and the nice beaches was was too too nice that you were like, oh, the 85, who cares? <laughs> yes, I still enjoy my time here as I wait for the decision. I have time, I still enjoy it. And then all of a sudden, mm, time is gone. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, so I signed saying that I've cancelled my application because he also has to key it into the system. Cancelled it, he went to the back, told me just give me a few minutes. Went to the other room after around five five minutes, which seemed like very very long. He came back because the longer it takes, I'm, and at this point I was wondering, did they transfer it somewhere else? And why is it taking so long? Anyway, went there, came back with my passport. I just saw a blue one. Our Kenyan passports are blue. I was like, yes, that's mine. <laughs> that's <laughs> mine. Came with it. He gave it to me. He told me you are you are okay with this. I told him, yes, you're sure you want to cancel? I told him, I have no option. He said, okay, and then give me the paperback, the form. Gave it to him. Now I have my passport. I have never been happier. What? I was excited. Now I, I can go somewhere else. I don't have to go straight to Nairobi. Ah, okay. So, went back home. So, 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 so basically, if I may say, your stubborn self Oh, that's that determination side of you that I've always known is basically what caused this situation. Let's be honest. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, as you can see, that is why I invited you to come on the show because you're you're you are a true eccentric in my opinion. But anyway, please continue the story. Right. So got it. Went home. At this time, uh, we're in Madrid. So day 89. Day 89. No, this is the 88th evening. Day, day 88 evening. Okay. Okay. So day 89. The reason why I traveled on the 89 is because my partner's visa was expiring on my day 89. He went to the Schengen area before me a day before. Okay, okay. Right. So ideally, this is my day 89. Okay, fine. All right. Went back home, have my passport in my hand. Now we are now we are we're there thinking. Are we going to Nairobi or are we going elsewhere? This is the final day. Hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> the other thing was, my plane to Nairobi was from Malaga. I am in Madrid. I have to take a plane from Madrid to Malaga and then take Malaga to Nairobi. Now Julie! 
have to think on our toes. And you're looking at the time where, when the last plane is going to Malaga. It's in one hour's time. We've not booked the tickets. Or we can, oh, I can no. take a train. The train would be better. But then it was the time was also, also almost uh, and like the, the last train leaving to Malaga was also in one hour's time. Hmm. So we have to make sure we are making the right decision here. Anyway, we decided, ah, we can just go somewhere else. You have your passports? Fine. From before, prior to that, I looked to how many uh, countries, which countries I can travel to, the free for a Kenyan, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. So we had a few options. So, uh, just a minute. So, hi, everyone. Uh, my conversation with Julie continues. And uh, where we stopped was basically Julie has now received her passport and uh, her and her partner were discussing what should we do. And then we turn it back to Julie. Right. So at this point, I've received my passport. I have it. Uh, we have two options. Either I go to Nairobi or we go to another place, another country. If I have to go to Nairobi, we have to uh take a train or a ticket to Malaga and then take the flight from there or forgo it and get another country to go. So prior to this we had discussed about which countries are visa free for a Kenyan. There are quite a number of countries a Kenyan can go outside of Africa. Most of them are in Africa but outside of Africa there are a number of countries you can go visa free or you can get an e visa or visa on arrival. What 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 is so, a, what is a, what is an e visa please? An e visa it's uh how do I explain this? You see, like for the other visas, you have to go, you have to apply, take your passport there, take your documents, then they'll look at them and decide whether they'll give you or not. An e visa you apply for it online. There are countries oh. which do that. Okay, okay. So you just uh get on their site, apply for it, and then they send it to you via email. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so that is what you show at the airport of whatever country you go, the country that has given you the e-visa. Okay, all right. Yeah, right. So we looked at quite a number of them, and we had, look, we had also looked at countries which offer visa on arrival and uh, visa-free. So after uh, a while, we talked about it, then we decided, fine, Jordan it is then. Because my partner has not been to Jordan before. I have I had not been to Jordan either. I've been to the Middle East. I think we can we can say UAE is in the Middle East, right? hundred oh, percent. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had been to the Middle East uh before, but he had not. So we decided let's let's go to a country both of us have not been to, and he's really well traveled. So Jordan it was. Now this this is already day. Day 88, evening. So, day 89, we booked our flights that evening. Day 89, morning, <laughs> we went to the airport and went to Jordan. It is uh, like four hours away from Spain, so it's not like a really long flight. Mm. It's, a dire- it's, a, it's, a, it's a direct flight? Yeah, it's direct. Yes. Wow. From Madrid to... It's called Queen Alia International Airport. Isn't that uh, the the wife of the first king? 
I think so. Because uh, the popular, yeah. the popular, the popular queen from Jordan is Queen No. No, this is Queen Alia. There are Aaliyah. there are three there are three international airports. So this is the other thing. If you're going to a country that uh, is visa free for for your country, you need to be sure which airport you're going to, because there's uh, King King something I've forgotten. The other airport in in Jordan is called King something Airport. Uh, I think they don't allow visa free people. So it's just make. Do your research, find out which airport you are going to, even uh, if it's within the country. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's how I ended up in Jordan. How long were you in Jordan for? I was there for a month. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing because the decision was made on, on, on the on 88th day in the evening in Spain and then you go to a country that both of you have not been to before and you stay there for a month. That's amazing. Yeah, that's what they actually give you at the airport when they're stamping it. Oh, okay. So they, they maximum, they, I think maximum you can be given is one month and then you can extend it. Mm. There's, a, there's another process of extending your tourism, your tourist visa there. Oh, okay. Yes. So that's how I ended up in Jordan there for a month it's it's hot of course it's the middle east mm -hmm. it's hot but it is the safest place i have been to it's surprising that that's that's something hmm. it's uh people are very very friendly and uh, well it's hot and dry but when when someone offers you like a bottle of water you see I don't know. I think maybe you're used to having water running, running water or drinkable water everywhere. But when you go somewhere where there's scarcity of water and someone offers you water, like a bottle of water, that's that's a big that's a big sign from there. Oh wow! And, yeah, and it, and they have water. Yes, they they do have water, but you're not guaranteed if you drink the tap water, uh, you'll be okay. There's some. Some places it's fine, it's filtered. They have water all over the apartments, air conditioning, running water. But, you know, people have different health uh, issues or different uh, body types. Some can drink the water, they'll be fine. Some can drink and then they'll have a problem. Mm. Now I remember we went to, they have the hammam. Uh, have you heard of hammam? I haven't. It's a... Uh, I, I don't want to call it a Middle Eastern, but it's mostly Arabic kind of sewn out spa session. Okay. So you, you uh, of course, separate male, female. Even the sauna, whatever, everything is separate male and female. Sorry, sorry to interject. Do you have to, do you have to put a headscarf on as a woman, but you're not, oh. you're not Middle Eastern? No, no, no. No. Oh, okay. 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 No, you, you don't have to. No, it's not mandatory. But okay. of course, when you're going to, uh, if you're visiting uh, religious sites, you have to be respectful. At least just carry a scarf. If you're a lady, just carry a scarf. Just in case. They will not tell you outright you have to wear, but it's good to be respectful to the people you are in the country you are in. Correct, yeah. Also, things like very short shorts and revealing clothes. Mm, they will not tell you outright, but you'll get some tears mm, mm, mm. so you can wear dresses you can wear whatever you want 
Mm. But you know, it's it's mostly a, 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 a Islamic country, so it's good to be cover up a little bit mm. and be respectful generally. Maybe it, it seems as if Jordan is trying to almost like be a Dubai. Yes, okay. they are quite open minded. Oh, okay. They are, okay. Yeah, they're quite open minded and very modern. It's it's very modern. It's a modernized country. Their roads are smooth. You have no clue. Like literally smooth all the way from wherever you are to wherever. But, Not but, like but, that, but that's interesting you say that because in the Middle East, aside from Palestine, of course, with the whole situation there with Israel, they consider Jordan the the the, the poorest country in the Middle East. Why would they do that? I mean, honestly, I I think I need to check this at the end of this conversation. But, but I, I think remember... it depends on which country yeah, that you compare to. I mean, I mean, the Middle East is but we've got Bahrain, we've got UAE, we've got Saudi Arabia, we've got um, basically. Ah, that's a good one. That's a good one because right. Yemen, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember hearing, I remember listening to a podcast, and it was a political podcast, and they were talking about geopolitics and. Jordan is considered a poor country in the Middle East in comparison to its neighbors. Um, now I have to think about that. In the, I've, I've only been to the UAE. Of course, it's very ridiculously well-developed. But uh -huh. I, it did not strike me as being less developed, really. Hmm. It's a, but sometimes, you know, what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying that is maybe in comparison to its neighbors from a GDP standpoint or something, in as much as it might be Product. developed. In, in as yeah. much as it might be a developed, but I remember hearing that in a geopolitical conversation. But please continue, con continue what you were saying about hammam, especially. Oh, the hammam, it's a spa session. So you go to the hammam, it's it's general like spa, and then there's a slab of <laughs> there's a concrete slab in the middle of a room or whatever. That's why you get into your bathing suit, you lie there, they wash. <laughs> They scrub you like you've not you've not showered in days. <laughs> Who scrubs? They wash you? you with soap. Yeah, they they wash you with soap with water. Then you'll finish. Then they'll massage you. Then it's when you get out of there, you feel like you're a whole new person. Huh. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a is thing. This is this a is it a luxury is it a luxury kind of treatment or it's open to anybody in terms of affordability okay it's actually open to anyone from my from my point of perspective in the same way as you'd have sauna and steam room oh okay okay so they have all that they have sauna they have steam room then they have hammam ah so hammam is like a different unique jordanian experience Yes, Arabic. It's actually many countries. I came to realize that. I did oh, not know that. It's even in Turkey. So, yeah. Okay. Yep, Hamas was nice. It was a good experience. Uh, I did that for quite a while. Because you start with the sauna, you go to the steam room, then you go for the uh, hammam, or you can go for the jacuzzi and then hammam. It's a whole process. It takes, it takes a while. It can be like two hours long, you know? Interesting. Yeah, it's just something for relaxing in short. So uh, if I were to ask, if one were to visit Jordan and wanted to experience Jordan through your eyes, what's the one thing that you would tell the person to 
to to to go and experience in Jordan if they are in Jordan. You need to visit Petra. Petra. Okay. But before you get to Petra, this is the other thing. Because I was in Amman. Amman is the capital of Jordan. To get okay. to Petra, you can you can do a road trip. Okay. We passed some ridiculous roads. You see left, right, it is have you how do I explain this? Combination of blue skies and brown earth stones, like really, really huge blocks of earth. I, I cannot call them stones because they're it is so scenic. You're like, what? Am, am I on earth? Am I in space? What's happening? And you're probably just you you might be the only person on the road with a car because most people uh don't do such like long drives. They prefer taking a plane to Petra or whatever. Mm. So that was it is absolutely beautiful. That the road heading down to the Dead Sea, and then from there, because that's how we came. A man to Dead Sea. There are a lot of other things you can do in between. Mm. Uh, other uh, tourist attraction sites, but our main point was go to uh, the Dead Sea, and then from there go to Petra. And the Dead Sea, this is the one that you can float and you don't sink. Oh yeah, it's true. You just, you just, you just hang in there. You just float. <laughs> You're like a piece of paper in water. Hmm. Okay. It is so concentrated with salt that if you actually try to test that water you'll be looking for cleaner water to clean your tongue. It's salty. It's 10 times the saltiness of the ocean, if oh, not wow. more. Yeah, and then there's still blocks of salt there. So you see the water is concentrated enough that it cannot take any more. So there's still other blocks of salt. Jeez. Just there. So it's, it, I came to realize that water is really good for your skin because huh. after I went into the Dead Sea one, two, three days, I realized my skin was glowing in a in a funny way. It's I did not expect that. Hmm. It's really good for the skin, and if but just make sure when you're going there, you don't have cuts or because you're going to scream. It's extremely salty. Hmm. Anyway, went to the Dead Sea. Yeah, it's quite interesting. We went to the Dead Sea. I can I can still I am still not over the sight that I saw driving there. The skies there are extremely blue. I did not see a cloud for a month, and I'm not joking. You didn't see a cloud for a month in your entire time in Jordan. Yes, that's crazy. So that means so it, that means that means that means it's very very dry. There's no precipitation. Yeah, um, I I noticed I did not see a cloud for all that period of time I was there. Wow. But the sky is very blue, very very a shade of blue, which is very good to look at for lack of a better word hmm. then combine that with the brown earth when you're doing the road trip down the road yeah it's then what i can and i'm remembering what i'd seen it's it's very scenic and very nice hmm. so, so you drove all you, the way you were you were yes you were talking that if you were if there was one thing you were going to do in jordan you were you were talking about petra and then you were you were trying to ex explain the experience to us Yes. So how do you get to Petra? You can get to Petra through Israel or you can get to Petra through Jordan, right? Okay. So that's why that's how I started explaining the road trip we took from Amman to Petra. 
and then the mm. scenes that we saw along the way, it's it's stunning. Well, get to Petra, it's it's uh it's one of the uh UNESCO sites. Oh it's okay. a world wonder, it's a wonder of the world. Mm. So if you're going to Petra, uh just wear very comfortable shoes because you're going to do some walking. I'm I'm actually I'm actually looking at the pictures right now on Google Images. It looks very. Yeah. Uh, it looks. It looks very prehistoric, like it something is, like that's... like something that you can watch in the Bible kind of movies. Exactly. Now speaking of movies, there's a movie that was shot in Petra. Um, trying to remember the name. Uh, just a minute. Let me. Let me. Let me check. Yes, Indiana Jones. I am. I, I actually just saw it right now. Yes. Wow. Yep. Shot in Petra. Man, this you Petra get looks, that, that. It looks like is this? Did they carve these buildings inside the rock? Yeah, they carved. They that that's what I've, that's what I'm saying. If you're if you're going to Jordan, visit Petra because you'll not understand what if someone explains it to you, you not understand. But yes, the ancient they were they were they were nomads, of course, moving from one place to another. So they found these huge rocks and then they carved buildings into them. Then they made caves, houses, whatever. And the, the Petra, the main site, the, the treasury, that's where they've carved the main one. It's, it's like, I don't know, like three or four stories high, but remember that time they did not have all this equipment that we have. So the question is, how did they carve all those? Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So uh, 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 please let me ask. I'm sure if this was in Kenya, they will have non-resident price, resident price, then citizen price. Please, did they have the same thing in Jordan? Please. Uh, <laughs> that's one thing. That's one thing I didn't like about my time in Kenya. I don't like the fact that you have three classes of prices. It just is. I think it's the only country I've ever seen that at in my in my travels. Oh yeah, there's uh there there is. You actually pay for the entrance oh, before I forget. If you're going to Jordan and your country is visa-free or visa on arrival, there is something called a Jordan Pass. Oh, you okay. apply for it online. It caters for your visa. When you get there, of course, when they're stamping, they, they, you're charged, you're charged uh, like a visa fee or something. Hmm. So when you get there, if you have a Jordan Pass, it will cater for the visa fee when you're at the airport. It will cater for entrances to quite a number of sites, tourist sites. So it's I would oh. advise someone to have that. It covers it's much more affordable having it compared to not having it. And then going to all these places and paying individual prices. Yes. There are many oh, places wow. to visit. There are many places to visit in Jordan. It it there are many that I, I can't give a number. So it caters for all that just get online, check for Jordan Pass, see which one you want. The main difference will be Petra getting into Petra. There is you can go to Petra twice or three times or once, and then the other tourist sites are listed in there. Hmm. 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 Yeah, wow. the reason why I think I think the reason why they put Petra to be visited twice or more is because you, I, I don't think you can finish visiting Petra in one day. Hmm. Because you have to walk in, you go, from the entrance, the place is called the Sikh. 
it's where there were stones on the left, stones on the right. So they carved. I think it's either they carved the way or the water carved the way. So it's it's just you mere it's meandering in there. You can either walk or you can. They have horses. You can mm. hire a horse to get in there or a camel. Then once you get through the sick, you get to the treasury. It's the big, tall building that has been carved in from the stone. You have a look at it. There are a lot of people there. Then you continue in. You it's uh you cannot finish better in one day. That's true. Wow. There are a lot of things to see. There's there's a palace of uh princess, just remains, of course. They're not it's not still there, but there are remains of that. There is the place called the high the high place of sacrifice. That is a serious hike. You just go on and on. It's upwards, not even flat land. Upwards. So you're climbing rocks. <laughs> going up. You go all the way. It will take from uh, from the treasury, which is the main point, to the place of sacrifice. It might take you an hour walking. Oh, wow. In a dry climate. Sorry? In a dry climate. Yes, but now remember, you're going up the rock. So there are other big stones here, which... Uh, the shadow provides shade. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. No, no, it's not open land like that. There's still another route, open land, but the better one just go through. There are trails. They are, they are written there. They are indicated. They're just trails you follow it. Till you ah. get the high place of sacrifice. That is what they used to do. Sacrifice of, oh, I don't know, lambs or goats. You know, the traditional kind of uh, religion, I'm guessing, at this point. Hmm. So once you get up there is when you see a very nice view of Jordan in general, because now you are a very high, that was the highest place. Mm. So you see the whole place to the left, to the right, it's brown stones, that shades brown, maroon, yellow. It's it's just a sight to behold. That's what I that's what I can say. Wow. You know, anyway, you know just looking at the images now, and honestly, Jordan is definitely on my radar now. Because it I, is. I, I, to, I told you that one of my staff is actually leaving for Jordan today. So Right. Does she have a Jordan pass? Please tell her to get one. <laughs> you know what? I'm, go I'm going to shoot her a text after this conversation. And she's probably like, you are sending me a text message at 6 o'clock thinking about me. Yeah. This, is, this is getting freaky. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah but but yes wow so in this if, if you wanted to experience petra for more than one or two days are there accommodations around for one to stay or you need to go to another city yeah. and then come back the next day oh no 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 there are accommodations there there's moven peak right at, near the entrance of petra oh okay yeah if it depends also do you want five-star accommodation do you want common ordinary airbnb <clears throat> there are many there are options. There are several options, actually. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, so oh, that, sorry? No, continue, please. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention is change, make sure you, you check the currency exchange rates between the Jordanian dinner, it's called, but in short, they call it a Jord, and uh, wherever you're coming from. Okay. Because I was surprised the dinner is high in value compared to the euro. Are you serious? Yeah. 
yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was shocked. Actually, unless unless they conned us, but no. I checked. Let me just hold on. Let me even okay. confirm it online now. Uh one jod. Yes. One Jordanian dinner equals 1.38 euros. Wow. Right. That's interesting. It's very interesting. It, so it, you just it, is Jordan an expensive country to 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 visit? It's fairly pricey. It also depends where are you going to stay. Okay. All right. It's yeah, it's fairly, I think probably because of our accommodation, that's why it became pricey. Mm, mm, mm. But generally the rest of the things are uh fair enough in price, but just know if you want alcohol, it's not being sold everywhere. Okay. So uh, you can go to like um how do I say this? In institutions like let's say, let's say like uh what am I forgetting the name? Oh, like a Hilton or a Moven Peak or whatever. That's they have a restaurants within the hotel. The, establish the establishments. Establishments. They also have some small cafes and uh I can't call them clubs, but joints which also sell alcohol, but it's fairly pricey compared to coming from Spain where a bottle of wine is two euros, three, four. And then together you are told a glass of wine is seven. Wow. <laughs> a glass, not, not, not even a bottle. Hmm. Or, or, or a bottle can be around 10 euros. And no, you, they, it varies. So anyway, have that in mind. If you like your drinks, just know when you're in Jordan, you're going to reduce on the amount you're going to take. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you if you if you are a guy listening to this, planning to take your wife on a honeymoon to to Jordan, mm, I think maybe go to Spain. <laughs> oh, yeah, unless you're an alcoholic, but Jordan is still nice. You see, apart from the alcohol bits, you know, because I think they're imposing very high taxes on alcoholic mm -hmm. drinks, so the people and selling it, it also have to make a profit. And it's an Islamic country too. And it's also Islamic country, but on the other side, their food ah. It's nice. <laughs> it's very nice. Mm. I ate a lot of lamb there, but I'm still eating lamb up to now. I, I was not a big fan of lamb before, but now I'm in for the lamb. Mm. All right. They prepare so, it well. Mm. Yes, their food is so, nice. So how did you transition from Jordan to Mauritius, where you are right now? So while we're in Jordan, remember the airport we had been given one month Oh, uh, stamp visa. Yeah, we had okay. actually tried to extend. We, we had intended to extend our stay, but then uh, there's a process there. And for my partner, it would have been easier for him. But for me, you you have first of all, you have to go to the Ministry of Interior, and then you have to download the app, fill in your your details. And then I, I go to a police station. That's the process of renewing a visa police station then they'll take you through all this anyway i we, we came to realize it's taking longer than we expected mm. so then from there we're asking ourselves now where are we going are we going to nairobi 
Then I'm thinking there are other countries you can go to in Africa at this point because I was starting to miss my parents. I wanted to go back home for a bit. Mm-hmm. They checked online. Mauritius popped up. Is visa free for him? Is visa free for for me as well? So, yeah, we took a plane to Mauritius through Dubai. Got here. That's how I ended up in Mauritius. And what are your thoughts of Mauritius so far? And how long have you been there now for? Uh, one month. Oh, oh wow. Okay. And but we were lucky enough to be given two two months stamp visa. So there's also planning, an option of this. Are you planning to use the entire two months? Oh yes. <laughs> I thought I thought I just heard you say I'm I'm beginning to miss my parents. Yeah, but they're close by. Mauritius and Kenya are not far. So oh, you feel like they're close by. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll check. I'll check it. I'll check it on you in another two months. Hey, you are. We popped into Cameroon. It's still close by. No, I will not fly all the way to Cameroon and skip Kenya. But the next destination <laughs> is, I believe, is Kenya. I have to go to. I have to go back and see my family, my friends. Mm. Yeah. Well, but in all this, as I'm traveling, I'm not just traveling and having fun. I'm. I'm. I am doing a job. I have a job. So. Okay. It's online. That's why the digital nomadism came in. As so, long as you have good internet, that's it. So, so hold a second, Julie. When when I used to talk to you, you used to work for a company which we we're just going to call Company X for now. Yes. How did this? How did you transition to digital nomad? I, I I mean, in in the month of March, you were working for Company X, and now we are in July, which is basically three months from when you started this adventure. How did you transition to digital nomad, and how do you, how are you able to get contracts or whatever you're doing i don't know exactly what you're doing as a digital nomad all right now uh before joining company x i was working at nation media okay i was doing digital sales and advertising so prior to that i did not know anything about digital sales or anything so when i got to nation it uh it picked my interest in all this digital world social media platforms websites uh software uh, development and all that. So I moved from Nation, joined Company X. I was still I was still handling the e-commerce bit of Company X because it was an FMCG company. Mm. So still, my digital knowledge was still there, but uh, I needed to refresh. So when I moved from there, that's when I thought, I really I really need to, to do something I like doing or something that has my interest. Well, as Company X, I was still a sales, uh, I was still a sales manager. But I preferred doing the digital bit of it. Mm. So that's mm. how I ended up leaning more towards digital aspect of business. Okay. So <clears throat> from there, I ended up getting an internship at the company I am in right now. It, it was new for me. It's a publishing company. It has partners in India, partners in US. So it was new. I had to start from internship understand the business understand how it's operating what what project is in what project are they working on at this time what what is needed all this and that so i started doing a internship as a business analyst so that's how i leaned and ended up where i am right now 
So how did you how did you get the opportunity? I mean, you were in Spain. You left Next April first from. Oh. Next week you talk to someone, then they say, "Oh, this is what you do." Okay, I know this and this. Okay, and then they refer you to this person. Oh, okay, okay. I'll see what I can do. Or uh, we have a thing you can do. Can you do this and this for now? Like, yes, I have nothing else to do. Then slowly, slowly, you get there. You actually have to talk to people to get this opportunity. <laughs> So you got this opportunity in Spain, or prior yes. to even living prior to living for Spain. Before living for Spain, I had heard of it, okay. okay, but I wasn't sure about it, so I didn't have all the knowledge about it. So when I got to Spain, now remember I've already left my job in Nairobi, so I have all the time. Yes. So yeah, that's how I ended up there. But you wow. have you have to talk to people. You have to tell people what your experience is, what you are interested in, what you are good at, and then. I, either themselves they have an opportunity for you or they know someone who does you know then mm. they refer you there mm. so so in the in the next section of our conversation here i want to focus on your entrepreneurial side because i know i know that you used to sell some things from the back of your car <laughs> and then <laughs> and, and then and then the other thing i want to also talk about which is of course one of the themes of our show is failure uh, so that uh, right. basically hopefully one of someone listening to this conversation could be inspired by your story. So we're going to take a water break right now and then mm-hmm. we're going to come back on the other side. All right. Before we get into my last conversation with Julie, I wanted to use this opportunity to let you know about a weekly newsletter that will be launching this Wednesday, which is going to be August 24th. They title of this weekly newsletter is called three nuggets wednesday this is where i find three interesting things that i came across in the previous week and share with you i hope you would um, subscribe to the newsletter which you can do by visiting uh, the website ui ukpo and for nancy g for golf.com and uh including your email address, and then you will receive this short bite um, newsletter every Wednesday on three things that I liked in the previous week and thought to share with you, the audience. Anyway, let's get back into the show here with Julie. So we are back with uh, Julie for the final session, and uh, this time around, I, I want to know julie's entrepreneurial ventures because when uh when i was in nairobi and julie was the first time i ever met julie the first thing i noticed was that she had a mannequin in her room and i was wondering why does she have a mannequin here and then when she told me the story i said to myself are you kikuyu and then i found out she wasn't so i guess uh, i i want my audience to 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 get to hear your entrepreneurial story and it doesn't even start from there it starts from when you were in university selling drinks <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so 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 you 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 started officially trying to make money at what age, Julie? Oh my god. I think I was probably 16 or 14. 14 years was, old. Yeah, I was in high school, so I used to make people's hair at a fee. <laughs> <laughs> you need money to go to the canteen later on, so <laughs> your pocket money <laughs> wow 
is there is there an entrepreneur in your family like your mom your dad uncle or auntie that it kind of give oh, you this inspiration yeah oh okay that's where it comes from yeah. just surrounded by business people so yes when i was in high school uh, you have your pocket money but there are outings here and there you, you need to go i used to be in all clubs almost all clubs a drama club, music festival, whatever, all of this. When you go out, you need to buy things which are not sold in school and you need the money. Probably you've already finished all the money you're given as pocket money from your parents until visiting day. What can you do about it? You find a way to make money. It was a girl's school. They need to make their hair, cornrows. There I was, yes, Saturday, Sunday, I am here to make your hair. Please, how much you were you charging? I can't even remember. It was like a hundred bob. Wow, we're talking. But we're talking like. Do for your friends for free, but I decided to charge those who are not my friends. You will pay for it. And people, and, and people, and people actually paid you. Oh yeah, or I'll make your hair. You buy me something from the canteen, exchange butter trade. I make your hair. You buy me bread for breakfast. <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay so 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 you went to which university did you go to in kenya so i went to jomo kenyatta university okay so close to yeah. uh, juja yeah it's in juja okay. so i started become majored in finance so while i was still there during now that's B- that's my education please. what is become please so become is bachelor in commerce okay 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 then you measure into you you have to measure into something either finance marketing hr accounts all this in your in your third year i chose finance that's what i graduated with why did you choose finance because i was thinking if i do sales that's anyway that's another thing right now i'm thinking i should have done either sales and marketing because i ended up in sales but i chose finance because it did not have a lot of theory work uh just a lot of yeah it's just a lot of math so you know math is math one plus one is two mm-hmm. but in theory you have to debate you know there's this there's also this so a theoretical aspects of sales and marketing or these other things mm-hmm. anyway i chose finance because it was straightforward and direct oh okay okay so yeah so did you you started working while you were in school uh, the, 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 when yes. you were selling when you were selling alcohol in the bars yes so how did i get there that's the thing uh my other friend from high school when when high school were friends and then we separated or distance and whatever happened so one of these times uh i happened to bump into her then i asked her what are you then we were talking thinking maybe we could hang out over the weekend then she told me no i have a job over the weekend i said which job do you have then she told me I usually do this and this. Then I asked her, you get paid? I'm like, yes, you are paid good money. So can I join? Then she told me, you have to talk to the owner of the agency or the people recruiting. Then we talked from there. She told me when an interview was happening for the agency she was working with. I went for the interview. I was picked. So what are we doing? Get drinks. If there are new drinks in the market, you go to clubs and talk to people nicely, like, hi, what do you like What, what do you like drinking? If it's a whiskey drink, or if they like whiskey, what kind of whiskey are you having? Then you tell them we have this and this. It's uh, You tell them all the aspects of the drinks, and then you sample them. Just give them a sample of it. They taste it. If they like, they buy it. If they don't, 
they go mm. on with whatever they prefer. So that's what I used to do. I started with that agency, went, uh, then while you are there, you speak to other girls and they tell you, once, of course, it's a short contract. Mm. Speak to other ladies or other guys who are there, your fellow employees at this point, colleagues. Then they tell you there's this other agency hiring at this time and this time. Probably your this other contract has ended, so you move to the other one, go for the interview. You keep on picking experiences here and there. Mm. Then I did that. That used to happen over the weekends, either in clubs or events. If there's like you know when there's rugby sports in Kenya, it's huge. Mm-hmm. So the agency gets you gets into your vehicle, puts puts the drinks in the boot or whatever. Takes, takes you there in the field, you keep on working, selling drinks, working, selling, and all that. There's that. And then uh, I still joined an agency which used to handle like hostessing events. So there's an event happening. You see, when you come into a place and then there at the entrance, there's a nicely dressed young girl who tells you, Hi, uh, what's your name? You are assigned to table so and so. That's the hostessing like- bit of like Valentine is probably doing a party or something. Yes. Okay. Then the corporate events, uh, mostly were, most of them actually were corporate events. Then you tell them, oh, you welcome them nicely with a nice smile. That time you're dolled up, very nice makeup, your hair is well done, very nice dresses, high heels. Hi, my name is so-and-so. Uh, we are here to look after you, whatever you need, we'll help you with it. Then take them to your to their table. Yeah, just customer service at this point. Hmm. So I did, I did the drinks and the customer service all through my campus life. Friday, Saturday, a, Sunday. Started, started at second year, first year, or third year? Second year. The, my second first year, I was still new. So I was still new in that county. I was still, I did not know much. So in the second year, that's when I met my friend in high school, my high school friend. Mm-hmm. Then she introduced me to it. So we used to do most of most of them together, actually. Well, finished that. Uh, I finished school while I was still in campus now. Uh, the lady whom I was working with, the agency who ran corporate events, she came to me. She told me that this mall, that there's a new idea we are trying to... She had come up with the idea. They'd already had the contract. Then she approached me. She told me there's this new idea. We are doing customer service for a mall then we need, we need people who do be interested. Now I'm thinking, yes, of course, I'm finishing campus. I do not have a job lined up yet. So what do I have to lose? And I'd worked with her before, so it was familiar. Then the surprising bit is that contract was starting when I was doing my final exams. The final, the last week of my exams, that's when the contract is starting. Now this client has to meet the people they're going to work with. You have to be there. So I used to have, uh, there were shifts, morning shifts, afternoon shifts. My exams were in the afternoon. So in the morning, I would go for the job, do the customer service. Afternoon, I go to school, have my exams. That's how I Mm. finished school. Once I was done with the exams, I joined now the job full-time. I did customer service for a while. Then from there, I met uh, customer service. You meet many people, you talk to many people. And then I was explaining to people, they were asking, how did you end up here? You tell them your background. Then eventually I met someone who who told me there's an interview happening at Nation Media. Hmm. You need to go and try it out. Because I had experience in sales. They were looking for salespeople. 
remember the alcohol selling in in campus i used to call that sales experience yep. so i told this person i have sales experience when they asked me what experience do you have i have sales experience okay i had national media hiring you need to find out a way of applying or just go to the building itself and tell them you're here for an interview they'll tell you when the interview is happening what you need that's what i did went for the interview i was interviewed they were looking for people to sell uh, newspapers and you not know, to sell space in the newspaper, not the newspaper itself, space, mm-hmm. advertising. Mm-hmm. Then I ended up in digital sales because they asked me, have you, have you read today's newspaper? I told them, no. How do you get your news? I told them something just pops up on my phone or I get it on social media platforms. Then they were like, huh, okay, so you've not bought today's newspaper, you've not read the newspaper. When was the last time you read? I have to be honest, I told them I only read it when I come across it. Hmm. Then that's when I explained to them, but mostly I am I'm, I'm updated about the, uh, the ongoings of the world online, social media platforms, or most of them. That's, that's all I knew at that time. Mm-hmm. That's how I got hired to the digital department. Hmm. Got there, I was trained for a while. Then I picked, it picked my interest. I found it quite interesting because it's a whole new world to me. Mm-hmm. Continued with it. I worked at Nation for... Well, like two years, then while there, that's when then uh, sales still. I've always been in sales. I was trying to sell to this new company that is coming into the country. We can do your advertising. We can come up with a full package if you want above the line, below the line, whatever you want. We'll offer it to you. We can do your digital brand awareness. Everything we'll do. So as, we, as I was pitching to them, then eventually after a while. Well, I had, they're having an interview, so moved to company X. Hmm. Still in sales. I've always been in sales. I was in company X for a while. While I'm in company X, that's when I started selling my coats from the boot of my car. <laughs> wow. Yes. Now that's how you get to where I was selling things from the boot of my car. You know, Nairobi is called from May to probably August. That's our cold season. Mm-hmm. And I've always been fascinated with winter fashion. I'm not, I, I like summer, fine, but clothes related to autumn, winter, I find them nice and better looking or whatever. I don't know. Hmm. That's why I ended up selling coats. Ah, okay. Yeah. Used to go to, uh, I had my plug in town, the CBD, who used to get me very nice coats. When it's a new bell, he has opened, he tells me, tomorrow I'm opening a new bell. Come and pick your coats. So you bail, pick the first bail, what nice is, one. What is a bail, please? A bail, it's, uh, these are second-hand clothes. Okay, okay. So when they've been imported from wherever, I don't know, China or US or Turkey or wherever, when they, whenever they come, they are already, they are covered, so you don't know what's in there. Oh, okay. So when he tells you, I'm going to open a new bail tomorrow, he's going to, yeah, literally, he's going to open a new set of clothes. So before you open it to the rest of the people, if he's your good friend, he just tell you, come tomorrow this time, get your nice coats and whatever. Mm. That's how I ended up selling coats from the boot of my car. At the same time running, I also ran an Airbnb business. It was nice, but it's also seasonal as well. Mm-hmm. When it's cold in Nairobi, it's, it's very, it's, it's low season. But when it's uh, towards like November, December, January, Feb, those are the high season times. Mm. Yeah, so I have sold drinks. I have also sold uh, uh, 
lotions, perfumes in the supermarkets <laughs> when I was in campus as well. <laughs> I've sold pens oh in the supermarket. Big. Yeah, you're just stationed there next to the section of pens and whatever, and then back to school season when students are going back to school, they need pens, they need lotion, they need whatever. Yeah? Hmm. Hi, we have this. It will help you this and this. Yep. I sold all those. So I've sold drinks, I've sold pens, I've sold lotions, I've sold uh, coats, clothes. I've sold, well, I was in campus, I also used to sell shoes. Yeah. I've always been selling things until now. So I let all that go, then started now focusing on this, what I'm doing right now, the business so are analysis. You, are you telling me that you have given up the the space that you and I used to stay at uh, and you wanted to put it up on Airbnb, remember? And the one on Dennis Street Road? I did. I did, but you know, at the moment it's, it's low season, so I left it for my sister to run because I cannot be there all through or I cannot... Uh, I'm always in meetings at this time. So maybe someone wants to come in, has booked on Airbnb or booking.com. You know, I'm not there. I cannot tell them this and this or they have questions. I just left it for my family to handle it. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah, so I can have all my attention at what I'm doing right now because it's also new to me. I need to learn very fast. Mm. So yes. I, I have a question. So my question is yeah. more for that African lady sitting down, let's say, in Kenya or Tanzania, listening to your story, your travel, your entrepreneurial background, your sales background, your networking aspect of it. Now look at you now doing digital nomad. And one of the things that I find is that people find it, they look at themselves and limit themselves because most times of where they were born and what mm. passport they hold. What passport they hold. What, what would you say to that woman that thinks that because I have a Tanzanian passport or a Kenyan passport, I can't see the world or I can't reach for opportunities. What, what would you say to that woman? Because you seem to have broken out from that mentality, that mindset, and started to look at the world like I'm going to grab things regardless of uh, obstacles that are in front of me, most times that you did not even choose. Yeah. So what, what I would say is you have to be open-minded because whatever you are, that's what you'll know. If you're stuck in, if you're in uh, Tanzania or you're in Kenya, mm -hmm. the only experience you'll have is what is around you, what is in Kenya. There is a lot more to experience. In The, the world is big. So you have to be open-minded. Start slowly. Uh, visit the nearest country. You know, East Africa is it's, it's like one big house. <laughs> Just cross the border. Visit. visit. Start, get your passport first. Mm. Apply for a passport, get it. Once you get it, uh, visit your nearest places, your nearest countries. With time, you start uh, being uh, open to more opportunities. Somehow opportunities will find you, you mm. know, or you can even join groups of, I, at the moment, there are a lot of groups of girls from Nairobi. I know a, a lady who organizes trips to Namibia, to Morocco, to Egypt, to wherever. Just join these groups. Once you have saved up, enough join them pay for it even even if it's once just go have the experience from there i think i, I don't think there's someone who does not like traveling really but <laughs> maybe there are those but i'm very passionate about traveling i've been traveling for the past uh, i don't know four or five years my first place i ever went was dubai okay. yeah 
then uh, went to Seychelles, then I ventured to Europe. So France, Switzerland, Spain, Italy. And then Spain has been my most frequented place to visit at this time, at this point now. Where is one country? Sorry, please finish. Now what I would say is just get out of your comfort zone, even if it's just for a little bit. There's a lot Mm. more to experience. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Where is one country in the world that you really, really want to visit? Where I have been so far or where I've not been. Where you have, where is your dream country to go to? My my dream country is Japan. I want to go live in Japan for one year. Ah, well, we seem to have something in common. Yes, I've been thinking of Japan for a while. Oh, really? Oh, for for a while, yes. I've been thinking of Japan and Mm. Iceland. Oh my God, Iceland! No way, it's too cold for me. Thank you. Why? Why Why Iceland for you? I'm talking about Iceland. Iceland, it has nice, uh, what, nature. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Iceland okay. has some very nice nature, and at some point of the year, they have a lot of daylight. So <laughs> I want to experience where it's, it's, it's 1, 1 a.m., where when it should be pitch black, but it's still very bright outside. That's during the summertime. Hmm. Yeah, so I want to visit Iceland. I want to visit Japan. I want to be. I want to visit Singapore. But at the moment, you know, most of the Asian countries still have the COVID restrictions or are still on lockdown. They're not open to tourism. Mm. So once all this is lifted, Singapore is visa free for a Kenyan. No way. So, are you serious? Uh, yes, very serious. No way, man. Yep. Even mm. Hong Kong, if I'm not wrong. Very interesting. So yeah. Before so next also central. Sorry. No, please continue. Oh my! The plan was we go to Central America, but they're still they's not stable at the moment. So we're planning to go to Panama or Costa Rica. Those are visa free places for for me. So <laughs> I'll just go to where it's open for me as I apply for visas to the other places. Mm. What what has yeah. what has tra- what has travel really taught you so far? Travel has taught me that you really don't know. You don't know much. You just you just don't know. Mm. You, you think you know things, but you don't know them. Or you know, you think you know a lot, but then you get somewhere and you're like, oh, that is new for me. Oh, I did not know that. You talk to people, different cultures. I'm also very open to learning different cultures. So it's it's a whole adventure, a mm. whole new experience. So in short, traveling has taught me be open-minded, visit different places, learn their language if you can, their culture, their food, what they like doing, what what should be done, what should not be done. Yeah. But mm. at the end of it, you come to realize most most of the things are common. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Basically, yeah, so- traveling has taught me be open-minded. Yeah, I, I tell people that when you meet people that travel, they are just different kind of people, honestly. They think differently. Their mindset is not uh, minute. I think yeah. because they because they travel a lot, they are also more people per more people persons because if you go to a, like you're going to Jordan and relating with people that are Arabic, you come back and your stereotypes and stuff about people from the Middle East changes. 
<laughs> you know, be- because me personally, I won't lie to you. My stereotype about the Middle East, and I'm going to be honest and say it out there. If you're from the Middle East listening to this, I apologize, but it's my, it's my, it's my stereotype, and I need to quench it by going to a country in the Middle East. But my my stereotype about Middle East was that it was uh, racist towards black people. No, it's not. Mm. Some places, probably. It's just the same as the safest place you could go to. There are still some, let me say, like, some areas you, you, you should not visit, right? Even mm. in Nairobi, there are some places mm. you should not visit because mm. there is some danger or something. But generally, as I told you, Jordan has been the safest place I've been to. Even wow. I've also seen some other vlogs from other lady travelers when they when there's a question like what which place did you visit that you felt safest? Jordan always pops up for some reason. It always pops up. And why why do you think so though? Considering that you've you, you been there. Okay. I think it's their culture. They have this aspect of respect someone. Mm. Just don't respect respect someone, that's it. And they're also friendly people. They offered I was offered sweets. I was offered. I go to the supermarket. You do your shopping. You are done. They can share. their offers you something. As in, it's they are very friendly people. I was shocked. I knew they were friendly, but I did not know the, the level of friendliness. At the same mm. time, also there are places you should not go to. Even even in very well developed countries, there are places you should not visit unless you know that place well, right? Yeah, but you need. I think at this point I have to say it's just don't don't believe everything you read or the news. Don't believe all the news. I'm I'm very sorry, but I have to say it because yeah. the, the thought at the moment is Middle East is not safe, or I don't know who is fighting who or whatever. The driver who picked us from the airport to take us to our apartment told us he has to go pick someone from Palestine. It's at the border there. They were like, "What?" Mm. Like, yes, we asked him, "Is it safe?" Some parts of it, yes, some parts no, because of the current situation. Mm. But since he knows that area, right, he can go pick a customer, take them, just cab driver, right? You know, also taxi people, they know a lot of people, a a lot of things. So (laughs) chat up your taxi man. (laughs) They will tell you places to go, nice restaurants, whatever, whatever kind of fun you like to have. They will recommend a lot of things. Hmm. So, yeah. You know, on this show, we always like to, to we talk about travel. We talk about uh, the business that uh, the person has created. In, in your case, all your hustling, all your hustling activities. Now, the final section that I want to uh, talk about is failures. I mean, what, what's one failure that you have encountered and how did you rebound from that? That's, uh, that's quite, that's a question I have to think about it because it's, um, at this point, Point, I came to realize that whatever experiences you are experiencing, what I believe is they were meant to happen. Mm. The good, the bad, they were meant to happen. Even if you had done something different, the results would still, what was meant to happen will happen, whether you like it or not. So if it's something that brings me down at some point, that's what I always remember. I would not have, I just tell myself there's nothing else I would have done. The results will still be the same. If it was meant to happen, it will happen. So uh, for, for that point, I don't consider things to be failure because what's meant to happen will happen at its time. You can rush it, 
but but then it will still happen at whatever time it was meant to happen mm. you you can you can rush it you can drag it that's what was meant to happen so failure no i think after all this traveling and after meeting different many people um, i'm also young so i'm also learning so i'm just the i don't know how do i say have i experienced failure really ah uh, no what whatever experience you come across is the experience that was meant to happen mm, mm, mm. yeah okay. so i haven't i haven't had much i've not lived that long <laughs> <laughs> what are you what, what are you try what are you trying to say to 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 those of us that are in our, on the fourth floor are you trying to say oh lord you guys are like asian people no, I'm not saying that, but I've not lived that long to make like really big decisions and experience like something that would, would impact my life in a big manner. The one experience I've had that would impact my life in a big manner is the quitting my job and getting into the unknown. Because mm-hmm. I left my job, left everything and got into the unknown of internship. I started from interning. And no, an internship, you're not guaranteed that you'll be employed. Mm, mm, right? mm, mm. sometimes you have sometimes you have responsibilities you have to take care of your parents you have to take care of your siblings or whatever so i had i had to make that conscious decision i am leaving my job i am moving to a whole new country a whole new continent and it's like starting afresh hmm. yeah i, I was i, I was a, I, I was about to ask you my my final two questions but i will make it three okay it is is it that this opportunity that you're currently doing the upside is really huge that's why you've decided to take two steps backward to be able to achieve what you want to achieve at the end yes <laughs> that yes is that yes yeah. is very very is very very significant yes yeah yes it is it's it's a lot of learning i have to do a lot of learning because now it's it's in it i only i only have experience as much as doing digital sales it was still in sales and marketing, but this is information technology. There is software development. There is this, there is that. I have to learn all those, but at the end of it, I know the results will be plenty. Mm. To be plenty of harvests. <laughs> nice. So yeah. uh, let's uh, let's wrap up our conversation by me asking you two questions. Which uh, one question I've always asked the uh, guest that has come on the show, but. This second question, it's uh, something I want to start. Um, my, my second to last question to you is, if failure was, if you knew you were not going to fail at all, what's the one thing that you would attempt to do? Let's not even use the word attempt, you would do, because attempt means there's a possibility it might fail. If I knew I would not fail. If you knew you would not fail, what, what audacious project or audacious thing would you, would you, would you decide to do? I would run for presidency. <laughs> <laughs> I would just stand up and say, you know, oh. I, I want your vote. I want to our country, I don't know, this brings back, me back to our country. It's it's huge, it has a lot of potential, but the leaders that we have are ridiculously incompetent. So, and after all the traveling I've done, or I've not traveled much though, but from what I've experienced, we could be much, much ahead compared to where we are now as an 
as a country and the economy. So yeah, I would actually be, I don't know, probably now that's the biggest, highest point of the land, be president. <laughs> wow. I come to think about it, uh, next week is uh, election, uh, the presidential elections in Kenya, I think Tuesday. Yeah. Can you can yeah. you vote as a Kenyan outside of Kenya? You can, yeah, you can, but there's a different channel through which you can do that. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. I mean, I'm even, I'm even, I'm even worried if your vote really, really counts, really. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you live in Kenya, you know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, yeah, you can. People in uh, Kenyans in diaspora in Europe, there are a lot of Kenyans in Europe. A lot of Kenyans in the US, they do vote. Oh, okay. I yeah. See. So you have to exercise uh, your civic civic duty. If you, if you were in Kenya, would you vote? I think I would. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and this time I would. Uh, this time I would. I would do it. I see. So yeah, my my final question. You've been very very gracious with your time. And this question, this question might throw you off, but uh, it's still a question. I would like you to share a question that you want me to ask the next guest at the end of the interview with that other guest. Right. <laughs> oh, the question I was thinking you've already asked me, so. Uh, you've asked, the, your previous question now was, if I knew I, was, I would not fail, what would I do? By the way, the by the way, by the by the way, that question is asked to every guest. So don't don't tell me that's your own question that you want me to ask the next guest. No. No, no, no. Okay. My question would be your next guest, ask them if they know, if they knew they would not die, what would they do that is risky? Wow. Something that wow. So, so let, 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 let me get this right. If mm. they knew they would they would not die. Yes. What what will they do that is risky? Yes, what risky they there's usually a risky thought at the back of everybody, but then they're mm. afraid to carry it out because they're thinking, oh, what if I die? Right? Mm. So that if they a, knew that is a very good question, actually. Yeah. If they knew death was not an option, if they will not die, what risk would they take? Okay, Julie, where did you get mm. this question from? Is this is this you just thinking about it on the spot or is it something that you've been pondering about? Something I've been wondering about. Oh God. You're now making me want to ask you the question, but I can't because it's a question that you said I should ask to the next year. So Yeah, so you can't ask me, sorry. I I can't <laughs> ask you no, but man, that's that I love that question. That's a very beautiful question. If you knew that you would not die, what risk would you take? Yes. That is a fantastic question. Well, mm -hmm. it's a very nice place to close this conversation. I'm very grateful to you for coming on the show. What, uh, what, what final thoughts would you like to share to the audience? And uh, if uh, the audience wanted to follow you, where can they find you on the socials? Right. If the audience wants to follow me, they can always find me on Instagram. It, my name is Little Miss Jules. Oh, Little Miss yeah. Jules. Okay. Okay, yes. So uh, I will include that in the show notes. Little Miss Jules. J U L Z. Oh, J U L Z. Okay. Got yeah, that. Jules. Okay. 
And final parting shot is uh, whatever you think that is the riskier option, that is what you should do. <laughs> oh, oh my god because when you narrow down options to then you're thinking okay if i do with this one if i go with this one this and this will happen but if i go with this one i'm afraid this and this might happen that one that you're thinking this and might happen the one that gives you anxiety that's what you should go for is this the way you live your life yes yeah. After weighing all the options down consciously, not just riskily or randomly or whatever, no. Consciously weighing down all your options. The one that gives you anxiety, then you're thinking, oh, what if, what if? That's the one. Hmm. I, 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 I know... It gets you out of your comfort zone. It truly does, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think because it's still my show, I can still ask one more question. And I know we only have two minutes left, but would you would you consider yourself an extra, extra an extrovert or an introvert? I consider myself both. Oh, okay. I came to realize that yeah, I consider myself both because I love my personal time. I love my personal space. Mm. But then you have to go out and talk to people and interact with people for you to learn more. And then mm. it also depends on the company you are around. You know, there are those people who will make it very comfortable for you to just be yourself and talk and whatever but there also they, there's also a different company that you just their vibe will just let you be quiet mm. that's what i'm saying i am both depends on the company also depends on the situ situation mm. yes mm. wow julie thank you again for coming on the show uh Thank it's it's nice it's, it's nice to reconnect with you since you left us in april 1st yeah I, I i i i i have to tell 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 the people out there that i have saved your plants a few times oh thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> <I've died. laughs> all right man enjoy have have fun in uh in mauritius and whenever you go to to nairobi say hello to nairobi for me Yes, I sure will. I, well, it should be going that soon. Otherwise, plans might change, but that's that's very high on my radar. With, with, with you, I will not be shocked. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now have a good one. All right, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. I hope uh, you enjoyed my conversation with uh, Julie. Uh, Julie is truly an inspiration. Um, she's someone that uh, I enjoyed speaking with when I was uh, living in Nairobi on a day-to-day -day basis when we saw one another because we were neighbors, as I said at the beginning of the show. Um, what I really like about her is she's young and she's fearless and decides to go for whatever she sets her mind to. So I hope uh, her story inspires you to basically go out there and do whatever you want to do. And I think one trait about Julie that I really admire 
is that uh, she's prepared to burn the bridges for whatever she sets her mind to do. So, you know, um, thanks Judy for coming on the show. Um, I'm grateful for taking time out of your travels in Mauritius to come have a chat with me. And of course, it was nice to get reconnected after, I think the last time I saw you was April. No, I didn't see you on April 1st, actually. I saw you on the last few days of March, March 31st. Anyway, with that, I just want to remind you about uh, the newsletter that is launching in a couple of days' time. Um, go on the website, uiukpong.com. Put your email address in there and subscribe to it. And uh, I hope you get to enjoy it and it adds value to your life. With that said, um, it's the beginning of the week. Go out there and do something crazy. All right. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.